Interesting. Yeah, my my experience on the internet as a whole, whenever I voice my opinion on something I like, is people telling me why I'm wrong. Uh, well, it's because you're normally wrong. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. yeah, I think we can all agree on that. But why why open so yourself I... up for it though? Why not why not just be so I... quietly wrong? Hey there, this is Eric Graham Johnson, and you're listening to PSP Ugly, episode 63, recorded June 1st, 2017. In this episode, Thomas and John join me as we do a PHP tech wrap-up. Hackers are targeting professional poker players, and John Conklin talks about why he hates the thing. A lot more. So, let's get started. In 1963... Martin Luther King had his famous I Have a Dream speech. And I have a dream that we're going to have a good podcast. This is Eric Van Here. Johnson, episode 63 of PHP Ugly. <laughs> hey, See, Tom. He, hey, John. <laughs> he, asks, he asks why you and I, John, can't do a podcast without him when he's got something that... We can't so come up with something that can... Because we can't come up with something to embarrass ourselves. Right. It's We're not willing to do it. The way he is. Oh also, side note, in 1963, JFK was assassinated. I am hoping episode 63 goes a little better than that. But mm. Welcome, gentlemen. Thomas Hola, Rado, como esta? John Congdon. Hello. How are we doing? I'm getting uh, better. Feeling, feeling good. Yeah, John was on his deathbed. I, I, I wasn't sure if John was going to make it back to San Diego. He was on his enough deathbed, about my deathbed. Uh, enough about my deathbed. He was on his deathbed in, in uh, well, yeah. Atlanta. He took a vacation, and then brought his family, and then got sick. <laughs> it wasn't so, much of a vacation. I can tell you that much. I I said that right from the moment you said your family was coming with you. <clears throat> that I was going to get sick. No, that it wasn't oh. going to be much of a vacation. Yeah. <laughs> he forgets I love my family. I'm, I'm taking a vacation soon, uh, sending all three of my kids to California, and the wife and I are staying home. We just got rid of them. You can't send them back already. Well, they're, they're not going to be around you. Well, they're going to see Grandma and Grandpa? <laughs> yeah, Grandma Grandpa and uh, Bio-Dad. Mm. <laughs> That's what, like that's what they're called. Sounds like a superhero. I, I can assure you. I can assure you, it is not a superhero. <laughs> the Adventures of Biodad. Hey, don't drive our only listener away. That'd be bad. I did a sound effect. You guys didn't hear it. Yeah. This, oh, we the sound effects are the worst. The sound effects are awesome. Mm, no. Yeah, you loved them, and it, they brought so much to the show. They brought so much additional editing to the show. No, no, they edit themselves. They're perfect. All right, last week, PHP Tech. We missed you, Tom. I. It didn't seem like it. I saw the tweets. Up on stage, getting hugs, doing a roundtable. Yeah, oh that, my was gosh. Uh, that was fun. was fun. I want to go that far. Oh, you stop it, Congdon. <laughs> You're why nobody talks to us at these events. It, no, was, it was fun. It was great being up there. I just wish I had more yeah. to contribute to it. It was See, actually just just the just I don't perform on stage too often, 
and just the Pichai. setup was uh, was difficult. Like John wasn't feeling good. He he had a sinus infection, so his ability to hear conversations were was already compromised. But if the 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 way we were set up, we were we were all sitting up on stage. There was Sammy K and Amanda to our right. Um, a guest we were bringing up to have a conversation was also between ourselves and Amanda and Sammy. So he was to our right, and then John was to my left. And if any conversation was being had to the right, like if the guest was turned to the right speaking to Sammy and Amanda, John and I could not hear what was being discussed, or, or and, I couldn't hear what was being discussed at all. And the fact, and the fact that Sammy and Amanda normally do an interview show where they have those types of conversations, they seem to be way more prepared with questions and w- what to talk about. So we were kind of like just last minute people there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, to be fair, that sounds about right for us. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's what I told him. This is pretty much how our show goes, anyways. We just mumble through about an hour worth of uh, airtime, and I like that you had to up. explain to him what our show was like, since no one's heard it. <laughs> nobody, absolutely nobody. I, I put out, I put out there a few times that I had stickers. Nobody cared. Absolutely. Oh, all the stickers I gave, the stickers I gave out, they just gave back. They're like, I don't want this. I just handed exactly. it back. Exactly. I found oh. a couple, couple being used as coasters. It was hurtful. So crushing. Hurtful. <laughs> yeah, no, nobody nobody knew who we were. Sam, Sammy K was actually surprised. They're like he was like, Holy crap, you guys have so many shows recorded. And I'm like, Yeah, yeah, we do. But yet nobody has heard of us. <laughs> thanks for thanks for putting it that way. That's <laughs> Yeah. Thanks for reminding me how much work and effort I put into this yeah. for absolutely no Nobody's pleasure but my own. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's like just walking up to an old person and saying, "Wow, you really haven't achieved much, have you? Even though it's been all these years, <laughs> you're really old and just yeah. haven't really accomplished anything." No one, have you? no one even knows you're around. It's it's almost like a skill on its own. <clears throat> but PHP Tech was fun. Um, same same complaint I always have about the, a conference, uh, the PHP Tech conference specifically, is that. They line up too many good talks against each other, and so there were there were a couple times where I'm sitting there looking at the schedule. I'm like, you know, I have to make decisions here. I, you know, I, I'm not going to see two out of the three talks I want to see right now, and but that's always that my is, biggest complaint. That's one nice thing about going with the two of us, though. We were able to split up at at times and and attend a couple different ones. Yeah. What I found yeah. what I found interesting was I attended more database talks than really anything else. Yep, I agree. I, I found myself uh, more drawn to the database talks as well. As a matter of fact, uh, uh, Lorna Michael or Mitchell, Lorna Mitchell. Mitchell, yeah. First thing, I'd been a fan of hers or a stalker of hers on public media for a while. Uh, follow her on Twitter. I like a lot of what she has to say. Uh, she did a talk specifically on a solution that John and I have been looking at for a while, CouchDB, <clears throat> that really helped. And she she took the time after her talk to answer answer some questions for me. Um, it was it was great talking to her. Uh, but yeah, she really solidified uh, CouchDB as being a, a solution that we're going to be working with moving forward. Um, just out of the conversations we had with her and and working through some of the some of the challenges that we had with it, you know, looking at it on our own. So it was good. Thomas, you like this. Really Thomas will like this. So, so that talk was like 
the first one of the first day. Right. Uh, on Thursday, Friday, every time Lorna saw Eric, she kind of turned and walked the other way. Yeah, she. Oh, no. there was nice. a lot of avoiding eye contact, <laughs> moving away, a lot of shuffling away from me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you got to teach. You got to teach them early who the who the predators are. I definitely felt there was some chemistry there. You know. Yeah. yeah. Volatile chemistry. reactions. Yeah. That's a yeah, chemistry thing, right? Stuff. Did I ever tell you my idea? I know I've shared it with John. I don't know if I've ever shared it with you, uh, Thomas. My idea for co- combating the multiple tracks that you want to attend issue. We've we've talked for a long time about wanting to hold a uh, conference here in San Diego, and I haven't necessarily given up on on the idea. I think you know we'll still kind of attempt it at some point. I can see it happening, but I shared it with John. I'm like, I think that. If a conference is going to be a two or three day conference, you try to make it a four or five day conference and then repeat the track. So ask each presenter if they would be willing to do the same talk twice. Do it once at the beginning of the conference and once at the end of the conference. That way, if somebody you know had to make a decision about what track to attend, they have a second opportunity to attend that track. So I'll, I'll propose this to you, though. Do you want to record a podcast tomorrow again? <laughs> I don't understand how how that's related, but I, I I do record multiple podcasts a day. Yes, because people like hearing my voice. I do it on the quality podcast, Blair, Blair Chat Live, and I do it on this one. Okay, well, you you might be the What's exception. You might be the exception to the rule then. I don't think it would be asking too much, especially if you're paying uh, flight and hotel. Uh, I mean, it's an hour. It's an hour talk. You're doing the exact same material. I, I don't. I don't see how that would be asking too much. Are you? Are you claiming that would be asking too much for but, a presenter? But, but but how demoralizing would it be to you? You have maybe fifteen, twenty people in your first talk, and like two in your second because they've already seen it. That would be fine. I don't. I don't think that would be demoralizing at all. You you know, people yeah. people went and saw it the first time. I don't know. I don't know if yeah. it would work for the first year of a of a San Diego tech meetup. Uh, you'd be convincing a lot of people to to do something that might not be easy. I, I don't. I'm missing the point. I don't see why it's not easy. It seems super freaking simple. Well, take John. Fact, take John for your, example. Your second talk would be better, right? Because when you you've worked through your nerves. You've You've done the first talk. You've kind of gotten a feel for everything. Second talk is even easier. Well, keep I don't want to spend a whole keep, lot of time keep, on this. No, no, but keep in mind that the the conferences often have the same speaker give two different talks to cut down on cost of travel and hotel. So now you're going to ask them to do four talks. That's right. That and and remember that yeah. the San Diego the San Diego meetup was being discussed a lot before. John decided decided to start go and impregnate women willy nilly, uh, and once once he had fatherly duties, it, it made it very difficult for him to do anything. Yeah, but I think we'll get back to it. We we've actually been in discussions with uh, somebody that was putting on the um, the Texas meet uh, conference oh, Lone, Lone Star, Star. PHP. Yeah, uh, so just getting advice and things to start looking for. So we we may still do that soon or or later. Well, you know, if you if you've got it, I'll show up. Will you give two talks? 
back the same talk twice? No, I won't. I won't talk at all. I'll I'll just show up. You'll pay for a ticket. Double. No, I'll do a talk. Double. We can do. Uh, We can do the full one hour doom and gloom. It's fine. We're looking for quality talks. It's okay. (laughs) So quality talks and then twice. And then then twice. Yep. You're thinning the herd quickly. Nope. I don't think so. I think I think that it needed to be asked. I don't think I'm asking for a lot at all. I think it's simple. Easy peasy. Hey, our numbers are up. Check it out. Our PHP round ugly hall is our most listened to uh, podcast now. Where are you seeing this at? Uh, Simplecast. Actually, that's not true. One of Cry Babies has still uh, got a few more um, listens to it. So I don't know if I have admin. I don't have admin access. Yeah, you do. You have to go to simplecast.com. I don't know, buddy. No. Did I say .fm? I said simplecast.com. And we don't have to do it during the show. Let's keep moving. That's what I'm saying. So, all around, PHP tech was good. Yep, I enjoy it. Uh, Not as... I I didn't get the... um, the community community warm and fuzzies I, I normally do uh, at PHP Tech, but it might have been because I wasn't paying enough attention to some of the extracurricular activities. Um, but yeah, it was yeah. good. Uh, a lot of great quality talks. It's always nice having having an open bar and pizza provided at night for, for those things. It would have been nice. Uh, it, it's hard with the having the family there, so couldn't really get away for the extracurricular like. Would love to you go to the, the board game family, night. You the only family, though. You no, the, that, that is one thing I noticed this year different. There were a lot of people there with kids. Like, the after-hour kind of gatherings, there were a lot of kids there. Yeah. Actually, Jeremy Kent, a uh, local guy, uh, showed up with his family. I knew oh, he was going to be there, but that I didn't guy. know his family was going to be there. <laughs> that guy. I let anybody in those conferences. Well, fortunately, enough money. while you guys were gone, literally nothing happened at all. <laughs> nothing. Nothing. <laughs> oh, oh wait, I'm sorry. Before we move on, hold on. <laughs> so we've moved away a little bit from what the show is. You know, we're not a news reporting show. I keep saying this. We, we, we put the news in here as a filler because we run out of things to talk about. But we, we're, we're developers who are supposed to be talking about work and what's going on in our community. I do want to take a moment and thank uh, Marcus Moore for covering our local uh, San Diego Laravel user group Why I was going to. Actually, he's been covering it for the last three months now. I, I haven't been to a Laravel meetup in a while because I was in Arizona and you know things just keep coming up. And Marcus has been keeping the wheels turning and he did it again uh once more for me last week while i was in uh, atlanta at php tech and uh set up a presentation he even did the presentation last week which was which was nice so i want to thank uh, marcus moore uh for for keeping the wheels going in the laravel community here in san diego do you have a, a do you have an guy. applause do you have an applause sound oh, that you can oh, play that we can't hear let me see let me see i think i, I think i have something um no. All right, too long. I have Batman. Hold on, hold on. Batman transaction. Hold on. Wait, wait. That's a fidget spinner. There we go. Nope. You screwed it up. You always talk over my... Here. 
when you see me give this physical in indicator, it means I'm playing a sound effect. <laughs> you fucked it up again. You keep talking every time I do a sound effect. Here, let's try it again. Oh there we go. Now you got it. Jeez. Except we can't hear it. I know. So, now, I follow somebody on like Twitter that... to the show, either. I follow somebody on Twitter that I haven't heard from that I expected to hear from this week. Uh, your daughter, is she still, uh, she's still working hard? Oh, that's so nice of you to ask. No. <laughs> <laughs> so part of it's my fault i i snatched my laptop when i went to atlanta that that was the laptop she was using to do her coding she has uh for probably the last year and a half been living off of off of a chromebook and quite successfully i might add for school for personal consumption of videos and stuff she's been using a chromebook she discovered some of the limitations of the Chromebook when she started coding. <clears throat> there are services out there we could have, I could have tried to get her set up on, and quite frankly, I was lazy. Uh, when it came time to leave, I just didn't get around to trying to get, get her set up on it. That would have allowed her to keep doing some development. But, um, but yeah, I took the laptop, so she wasn't able to do her development, and then uh, she hasn't asked for her asked for it back she hasn't spent any time with me this week so she says she she wants to get back to it uh she actually just mentioned it to me yesterday that it would be okay if she sat in my office uh and, and did some work um but no she she has yet to return to it i don't want to be too pushy but I, i'm hopeful she will get back to it good yeah thanks for asking though i appreciate that milo the coder on twitter if anybody's interested my my young well not so young anymore 19 year old daughter in her foray into uh, coding. So. so there's somebody else I follow on Twitter. Okay. One Mr. Uh, Elon Musk. Elon Musk. He's he's he might be he may have a few more followers than my daughter. A couple more. My, <clears throat> um, it's Milo the coder. Not finding her. Milo Sorry. underscore the underscore coder. Oh, you, you didn't say underscore. And I believe it's M I L O. Well, yeah. M-I-L-O underscore T-H-E underscore C-O-D. Because you know my son's yeah. name is Milo. M-Y-L-O. M-Y-L-O. Oh, mm -hmm. I've never seen it. So Elon Musk. I actually, I, I actually don't like the name Milo. I, I do the whole Indiana Jones with uh, her on that. I'm like, we named the dog Milo. But Milo's sure not that, the name we gave I'm her. I'm sure that hasn't impacted her, her growth at all. <laughs> Name the dog Andy. That was one of my favorite lines. So what, Eline? What did this guy do? Anything productive? Yeah, you know, uh, a lot of people gave him crap because when our current president took office, Elon Musk joined his uh, council to give mm -hmm. his advice and aid, etc. And he threatened to leave Donald Trump's council if Donald Trump was going to exit the Paris Climate Accord, which he's done. So now Elon Musk is out. Uh, and as of our recording, so is the CEO or the president, I think, of uh, Disney. Oh, okay. I heard, I heard the CEO of Exxon was very unhappy with uh, Trump as well, which is kind of 
you would think was it would be kind of ironic, but as I as the article stated, it actually made a lot of sense because uh, by exiting that, they've lost any leverage or any influence they might have on that committee. So you know, they I guess Big Oil was even encouraging uh, Trump not to leave. They're like, hey, you know, we we want you to be part of this. It's important to us, right? Um, and and I've I've watched some pretty extensive breakdowns about the implications of of leaving the Paris Accord, and it, it's not good. But uh, I think Elon yeah. Musk had decided that he didn't have enough say in the council if that was going to be the decision, and so it didn't matter at that point, anyways. So all right, you so, know, world's yeah, falling I mean, apart. Just what 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 are your guys' opinions on that action? Or do you think he should have stuck around and tried to? try to manipulate the system from the inside or was this more of a state was this statement more impactful i think his time is money more so than almost anybody else in the entire world right now and if he's not going to be listened to then it's not worth his money yeah probably yeah so i am a huge fan of of elon musk he's generally seems like a good guy and he is pushing humanity ever forward um and it's it's a bummer that he had to take this position in the first place (laughs) it's it's always weird to me when someone has to stand up for the planet (laughs) because that seems like sort of a given yeah but all right what else we got boy you know what i I, here's the thing is you guys were you guys were gone for a week and yeah. that that meant that I was in charge of the Trello board, and it got you did dark. A horrible job. It got real dark. Yeah. Here, I, I so, got one for you. Here, this, this is John's doom and gloom. John's got some doom and gloom for you. I noticed oh, that. Go. I'm so I'm proud. <laughs> I think one day we should all print out the YouTube channels that we subscribe to just to see how embarrassing things can be. Oh yeah, you don't want to see mine. Yeah. Yeah, mine's mine's pretty, mine's pretty twisted. Mine's, mine's I've, I've published mine. I've sent mine to Eric, and you he just said I don't get it. Yeah, All I right. sent you fun. I, I sent you fun house and stuff like that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you're, you're, you're weird. Yeah, see, yeah, you didn't. You know, Good. I was say I, I actually oddly enough, as much as I don't play games, I follow a lot of streamer game, gaming streamers online. So I don't play games, but I enjoy watching people play them. <laughs> so there's a lot of that. There's a new guy. Uh, man, I can't remember his name. He's he's started publishing all these Vim videos. I'm I'm watching all these uh, videos on Vim again. Um, but yeah, I, I've got some weird taste in my YouTube. But I will say this: I ha- I am quickly noticing that I'm watching way more YouTube than I think any consuming any other visual media. Oh, absolutely. Um, Same here. Yeah, Hulu, mm-hmm. uh, um, you know, regular television. I, I will watch. I will sit here and watch uh, uh, YouTube for a very long time. Um, oh, oh, oh! What's the one I love? The hot. You guys ever watch them? Uh, hot, ah, Jesus! It's my favorite YouTube channel. Uh, the Hot Wing Challenge. Uh, oh, oh, hot yeah. one! Yeah. Hot one! Yeah. First we feast. Yes. Oh my gosh, I love that one, man. That that is 
that's one of the ones that I actually get an alert when he publishes a new uh, video. I love Hot Ones. I want to be famous enough to be on Hot Ones one day. That's that's <laughs> my whole goal in life now. You guys ever watch Clickspring? Nope. No. It's a guy just machining a clock out of brass. A precision mm-hmm. machine. It's a, it is stunning. Anyways, what YouTube channel Anyways. do you watch there, John? So I subscribe to some poker uh, channels, and I actually learned something about security from a poker player, which never – I don't know why. It's not like I – not like I think poker players are dumb, but I just wouldn't expect to learn You heard it here, folks. John thinks poker know. players are dumb. <laughs> Tweet it out. To, Hashtag John's an ass. Way to twist my words. <laughs> Thank you. So, somebody else tweeted out something I said. Against the fig, which is a whole other story. We, we'll talk about that later. Anyway, what? yeah. I, no, so, we're getting back to that one. Go, go down your your poker face video here. So anyway, this Doug Doug Pope uh, Doug Pope posted a video about some poker players that have been getting hacked recently, and it was about being very targeted. So whoever was hacking and was getting these people's information. Going as far as, I guess, phone carriers are not secure where you, basically if you're savvy enough, you can call up and basically steal anybody's phone number. Yeah, really easily. So, And, he, and in doing brought, so, make it harder for them to get it back than it was for you to get it in the first place. Right. And so I use Authy. I like Authy for various reasons. But he brings up a good point. If somebody is savvy enough to steal your phone they now get access to your they can get access to your authy account so even if you have two-factor authentication enabled again they have to also have your password so there's other uh, things they have to go through but one of the things that authy pr- provides you is the ability to recover your codes where google authenticator it's much you can't right so right it, it was just interesting to me and then the... I did watch that video, uh, John, and he actually brought up a point that I never even thought of. And when he when he was talking through the story, I, I thought of it when he was talking through the story. Then he circled specifically on this topic, but he mentioned, and we talked about this, I think, last week or the or the last time we got together and did a podcast. Thomas, he mentioned getting a Google Voice number um, mm-hmm. because, like I said, if somebody had targeted. If if somebody were to target me based on my phone number, I don't give out my actual cell phone number. I give out my Google Voice number. So they would never mm-hmm. be able to reset my SIM or reset my number. If they were if they were to figure out what carrier I, I had and tried calling them to get my get to get the num the pin reset for the number, they wouldn't be able to do it because the number that I actually use is not my number from my carrier. Yeah, and same here. I use after, Google Voice as my primary number too. Yeah, I'm like, wow, that's that's actually another layer of security that I I never really looked at that as a layer of security, but I suppose it is. Yeah, and the other thing he talked about that I thought was very interesting was if you have Bitcoin, they have this Trezor, basically a USB device, basically is a cold storage for your Bitcoin. You you store it on there, you unplug it, and cold wallet. Bas- yeah. Basically, it's secure at that point. I thought that was pretty Dude, neat. have you looked at Bitcoin lately? I know you you were in Bit you were like really heavy into Bitcoin for a while. Have you looked at your wallets lately? I had uh, it's been a couple of months, but I was big into Bitcoin <laughs> really? when it shot up. 
when it shot up to 1100 and then it dropped back down to like 200 so i was disenfranchised for a while but it's it's caught back up to where it was at that no it has it's at 27 right now it's it's yeah oh what it's at 2700 right now (laughs) this is what i so way back like a couple years ago john got me interested in this currency this digital currency and bitcoin being specifically the one so for a while i had a set amount like it was only like five bucks or something going into bitcoin (coughs) every week or every month i forget what it was and um so yeah i I was i was slowly buying and i still don't own a full bitcoin but i i own a good portion of a bitcoin and eventually I just, I'm like, I seem to be just tossing money out the window here. It was only five bucks a week, but I still stopped doing it. But I totally forgot about the accounts. Like I didn't, I didn't withdraw the money out. I let the money sit there and uh, forgot about it. And it, I mean, again, never even reached a full Bitcoin, but I logged into my wallet the other day and I'm like, I was like blown away with how much, how much that amount of Bitcoin I had is now worth. I'm like, holy crap! I can actually <laughs> buy something with this now. So, John, I, I, enc- I encourage you to check your wallets out. And, and and looking into a cold wallet might not be a bad idea, to be honest with you. They're 180 bucks. Oh, are they? Yeah. I heard I heard the podcast. I heard I heard it mention it, and uh, I I was going to look at it. I hadn't. But with the with what you have in Bitcoin now, you can probably buy one. <laughs> I'm surprised Amazon doesn't accept Bitcoin. You know, uh, I think Amazon, it's trying to. If Amazon had accepted Bitcoin, I would have kept buying Bitcoin. I think, I and mean, that was my thing. Is like because John and I even talked about, we even toyed around with the idea of offering to pay developers with Bitcoin at one time. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we were really, we were really thinking about going whole hog, full investment in Bitcoin. Went to a couple of Bitcoin meetups, and there, there are people out there that that's their whole, their whole industry is Bitcoin. They pay in Bitcoin, they get paid in Bitcoin, and everything they do is in Bitcoin. Um, and they made some really good arguments as to why that is and the benefits of it. Uh, but then it all tapered off and you know we kind of pulled back from it a little bit and lost interest but man i tell you what it's piqued my interest again until it comes crashing back down so i I read i read something that along the lines that uh if you had invested a thousand dollars three years ago your bitcoin wallet would be worth seven million today no that can't be right not seven million yeah a few yeah. years ago, it was it was less than a hundred bucks. So you you'd have ten coins. Well, not seven million then. Yeah, it would that still work. seven million. Well, I if you go back more than a few years, go back when it was like a a, a couple of dollars a, a coin. I'm not sure uh, if you've seen it. I'm maybe. not sure if you guys have seen it, but Mr. Robot's promotion team is pushing eCoin pretty hard these days. I think How's we'll this? see. There's an actual e-coin for e-corp. So what caused this spike? Because there's usually something that causes the spike. Is it Trump? What What's causing probably. the spike? Probably market uncertainty around the world. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, and it, I, it's the whole the whole thing is like the stock market, right? It's you know the the, the value of the Bitcoin goes up and down, and I mean that 
So one aspect of it is kind of like playing the stock market. It is. It is. It is actually a money market. Um, if you want to buy Bitcoin, you have to buy into the money market. Um, mm -hmm. And you know, you you were talking about watching video game streamers. I came across this fascinating new stream. Um, did you guys ever see uh, Twitch plays Pokemon? Nope. Twitch, Twitch the the streaming service Twitch. Yeah. Play Pokemon. I don't. I don't know what you mean. Play so Pokemon. So someone mean? hooked up the Twitch chat room into a emulated controller and allowed the chat to choose what the Pokemon character was going to do and how the game would be played. So the chat would decide as a group, move up, move left, use Pikachu, use Electric Shock, use this item. Hmm. So and they no, ended up. I, I'm not aware of that. Thousands and thousands of people simultaneously just typing out commands ended up beating the game in, I believe, a couple weeks. <laughs> well, someone has taken this idea and invested $50,000 of their own money into it. And Twitch is now playing the stock market. So it's called StockStream, twitch.com slash StockStream. And anyone can hop in. And start sending commands to a market bot, which evaluates the command, turns it into a directive, votes on the directive, and then makes a purchase or sale based on that directive. What? Really? Wait, I don't. You you, you just type any random command in there? Uh, you type for for example, buy Coke. Coke is the ticker symbol for Coca Cola. Uh, mm -hmm. Buy AMD. Buy Nvidia. <laughs> uh, buy Cost, which is Costco. Um, so people are just telling it what to buy and what to sell and it does it and publishes the results in a live stream on Twitch. And he put 50,000 bucks in and let's see at the opening of markets today, he was up $220. So this is actually in real world buying stocks, real world way. buying stocks. He's got, he's got it set up so that. All the investments are scrolling on the screen. There's a stock ticker at the top of the screen. There he's is crowdsourced. He's crowdsourced his uh, day trading, huh? Exactly. Wow. And he's got and he's got That's news ballsy. showing up on the screen. It's it's amazing. And I don't think I've seen him <laughs> dip dip negative yet. Hmm. Uh, that is ballsy. It is ballsy. Now, he's got outs on the whole thing, so he has a, a loss limit that he'll take before the system shuts down. But at this point, it's a wholly automated system. Mm -hmm. Is he a coder? I mean, who is the, who is the person doing it? I I actually don't have any idea about who it is doing it. Oh, okay. No worries. I like into that. Hey, I, I picked you up something, Thomas, that... Uh... I picked you up something at uh, Tech. Ooh. What'd you get me? Um, I picked, picked you up some OSMI uh, stickers. Uh, I think I have them in here. Yeah, here we go. Look, I bought you some open source and mental health uh, Ah, stickers. sweet. I know you're a fan of that group there, so. That's Yitzhoth uh, Wilroth. That's his group. Huh? The Code Ed, Rabbi? Finkler. No, no, no. Ed, Ed Finkler. I thought Code Rabbi was doing something with that group as well. Yeah, no, he, I mean, he may be he may be supporting it. 
We had a, very nice. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, it it was a, it was a focal point of the uh, conference. Uh, they, they were they were doing, you know, they recently became a complete uh, charity. Um, John, what is that? Five hundred one c three. Five hundred one c three. So uh, they they have a big you know uh, pledge drive or fundraiser or whatever going on. And we actually did our part today and donated a small fortune to them. Nice. <laughs> So, yeah, Diego Dev are official contributors to um, open source uh, mental illness. Well, I've got some. So, uh, you want to you want to do some some quick news? Just some some rapid breakdowns. If we need to, sure. Is it PHP related? Yeah. No. So the what? R- the RFCs for for PHP seven point two are starting to come out, and one of them is generic types and functions. So this is right. this is a complicated one. This is beyond what PHP has done before. Now, it's not something that couldn't be done in PHP, but it was in in an ungraceful fashion. So hmm. what it will do is it'll allow you additional type hints for classes and class traits and objects and bring PHP even closer to the the elite languages, the stuff that we always seem to get compared to anyways. Interesting. Okay. So uh, I'm not sure. Did you follow any of the drama this week on um, t- uh, visual debt and reducing visual debt in, in PHP? I've heard nothing about it. Oh. Well, then you don't follow the right people on Twitter. I guess uh, I, I didn't care enough about it to get too involved. I, I am starting to formulate a little bit of an opinion about this, but I guess Jeffrey Way did a, a, a small video on Laracast. I haven't seen it. And he talked about reducing visual debt um, in code. And that set off a whole Twitter storm about good coding practices, whether type hinting was something that was needed in PHP. And type, type hinting is really becoming, type hinting in PHP is really becoming a tabs versus spaces war uh, in, in our community. I mean, and I can see both sides of it. Um, there are people who are adamantly for it, saying that it you know it help it's good coding practices it helps to ensure certain um values are being passed correctly and then the other side of it is and which also makes complete sense to me is we're not a compiled language type hinting does nothing for us i mean it's if if an error is going to get caught it's going to get caught the exact same way in the exact same place um, it'd be different if we were a compiled language where we sent our code through a compiler and the compiler could, could use you know type hinting to realize that things are not coded correctly, but we don't. But um, we use type hinting for way more than that. I mean, we use it for our IDEs use it. And we, I mean, it would be pointless not to have it. I use it for my junior devs. It would be, it would be pointless not to have it? I, I don't, I'm not sure I follow that statement. So by having the type hinting, I get a lot of auto-completion. I, I mean, I get a lot of benefit in my IDE because of those type hints. Mm-hmm. So and... that, 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 is, that is you adding code 
to your code base so that your tool is more powerful. Yeah, you, you see the problem with that? No, not at it's, all. It's, it's, no. it's not. It's not a benefit. It's, it's not a benefit to your code. The only thing you're doing is it's is not a detriment to, get... to my code either, though. Well, the, I see what you mean about tabs is... versus spaces. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, the, the the argument is that it's 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 unuseful code. It, it, the the code isn't doing anything for you. Well, that's bullshit. So it's it's visual no. dead. It's visual dead. Is, that's is yeah, but that's not one, true. One aspect. <laughs> Uh, type hinting. Well, it, is if I, it is true. It, I mean, if I, it, no, absolutely not. If I download a library and I have three hours to implement it, and it's been type hinted all over the place, I'm saving myself hours of searching around. So, for example, when I when I pull up a library I've never used before, say Iron Q, and it has a method that has a request variable as its only argument. There's nothing I can do to find out what that request variable can be except for search a, a list of implementations of that method. Or mm -hmm. if it has type hinting, I can find what it's type hinted to be. It's type hinted to be a Laravel request object. And I know mm -hmm. right then what it can be, what it can do, and how I can extend it. it and one of, one of our clients has a, a habit of putting member records and contact records and organization records in a table called user. So if oh, I had a variable God. come into if I had a variable come in as a parameter called user, I don't know if it's a a member object, a contact object, an organization object. So by having that type hinting, I know what I'm getting or what I'm expecting and can work with it. Right. It, it it's like saying that uh tests aren't useful because Tests aren't actually your code. Tests are just other code that makes sure your your code is running correctly according to parameters that you have assumed are correct. That. So what what about the hinting? So I, I I get the argument you guys are making, and I'm playing devil's advocate here. I I kind of lean more towards implementing type hinting. I I personally like it, um, but again, playing devil's advocate. What do you guys? What do you guys feel? So the the arguments you guys are making as far as type handling, as far um, in relations to objects, make a ton of sense. Probably the the strongest argument for type handling. <clears throat> but what do you? How do you feel about type handling as far as like um, the returns? Like, hey, this return is going to be a string, or or this value should be a string, or sure, or, or an absolutely, because. I, is it the, the same argument for you? or No. The The criticism of PHP that you'll find all over the place is that it is a loosely typed language. And that loosely typed mm -hmm. languages have inherent flaws. I eliminate some of those inherent flaws by not treating it as a loosely typed language anymore. So, but you, well, but you don't, elim you don't eliminate them. They're still there. I, I mean, well, how, how are you eliminating them? When, I, when I'm dealing with numbers, I do eliminate them. I cast two integers well that's not type hinting though that's casting right but i i want to know what it is i'm getting and dealing with and there are strange scenarios where you're doing percentages or multiplication or division where your number format can really matter and when you cast a number it will it will make sure that it gets processed correctly and when you're told that you're being returned a number and you don't cast it, 
and you try to use it wrong, you can throw warnings that, for that in PHP yeah. Storm. The, the 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 argument being made though is that those errors are still going to only get caught at runtime. Like if there's no compiling happening, there's no engine that's going to catch it for you and let you know this is a problem. But with the type ending, I catch more of those errors at authoring time than runtime would, which reduces my overhead in programming time. Mm-hmm. So so your your argument is the the benefit that it adds to let's say your IDE, because that, that, I mean, that seems to be what we keep coming back to is the, the benefit that it adds to your IDE, that strength alone is enough of an argument to promote type hinting in, in your code, not, which is a, so. which is a yeah. fine argument. Not I mean, just, it, not just that, but it, fine. It if I want to quickly implement a new library and I don't want to have to go through the code and see what it's returning, I want my IDE to do it for me then I know that it's returning something cast as a string or it's something as an object. It, you know, one of the reasons you promote Vim is that two keystrokes is faster than tabbing to a different window and clicking something or stuff like that. These minuscule optimizations that when you do it a thousand times a day can make up a huge amount of time. Um, when I'm writing my code, I'm going one tab back and forth between my IDE, my browser, and very often my uh, inspect mode on my browser, right? So every time I don't have to do a tab over to my browser and hit F5 and refresh the page is time saved. And yeah, it's very, very little time once a day, but I probably do it 10,000 times a day. Hmm. So, I mean... Yep. This this idea, I think, I this idea of visual debt, where it's overwhelming to look at, is appealing to the the baser levels of PHP's user base, the the people who nope. think it's too complicated. No, actually, that a lot of a lot of that is coming from uh, the the groups in in the Laravel community is where I see it mentioned the most. Uh, Taylor, Jeffrey, uh, Matt. All those guys talk about, you know, it's, you know, the, if there's a need for it and, and the value of it. Um, a lot of the PHP developers, and, and I saw a lot at uh, Tech last week, type hinting is just becoming a way of life. Even on the return, Sammy K did a talk um, and he was showing some code. And I mean, type hinting was just how the code was structured it wasn't even a topic it was yeah, just, just what how they were doing. it was done now yeah and right. the, the so excuse that not... this isn't a compiled language is a poor excuse because if we ever want to be a compiled language guess what we're going to have to have so if you want to I don't think I don't think it's a poor excuse, but and I don't ever see PHP becoming a compiled language. But yeah, you have no vision, sir. I, I think it's a I think it's a it's a valid excuse. I mean, I understand what they're saying. the The, the issue I have with it most of the time is, you know, if you want to take that stance, then any bad coding practice can have that same argument. You know, well, you know, let's let's just you know code out our our entire SQL string again because it's easier to read than trying to use something like Eloquent because you can see what the SQL statement is and yeah I mean it, you know it we we have a long long history of bad coding practices and I think we're just getting to a, a point in our language and our maturity where you know we have some 
reputable practices now. And I think this is these are good arguments because these are very high level, um, you know, niche arguments of a of a coding level of a coding um, language that suffered some really bad black eyes in the past on the way we did things. And so these little niche conversations on things that are specific as type hinting and and the pros and cons to it and whether we should be doing it. I think are great conversations to have. I, I I get worried that you know certain people get offended. Like like they, I, I always get the impression that you know there there are certain people in the community that want to uh, go against the green and make a comment and then act all offended when when people try to correct them. You know, say oh type hinting is not really that useful and then. You know, they get a bunch of replies. Yes, it is. Here's why. Oh, oh, everybody wants to attack me because I feel like this. And it's like, uh, listen, you know, don't just try to, you know, rough. I, I think, I think the overall community is trying to up its game. And this is, this is one approach to doing it by trying to standardize that this is a good practice. And when people high in the community kind of shake, rock that boat. Yeah, of course you're going, you know, there, there's going to be some backlash from that. Interesting. Yeah. My my experience on the internet as a whole, whenever I voice my opinion on something I like, is people telling me why I'm wrong. Uh, well, it's because you're normally wrong. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. I think we can all agree on that. But why why open so yourself I... up for it though? Why not why not just be so I... quietly wrong? I just queued up the the uh, Lyricast video. I'm gonna check that out. I want to see what he has to say. Yeah, I'll have to Very see that. Yeah, I ha- I haven't. I haven't seen it yet, so I, I should have watched it. But I didn't realize we were going to talk about this today. This this is what the show you about. brought this it up conversation. I love this. I no, I I'm telling you, I love this. This is what this is what the show is about. I wish we did more of these sort of conversations. You know what I You're wish I did more of? Talking about real thing. Well, he's back on the trailer board, isn't he? Get no. So no. Let's go back oh. to my other story. <laughs> no. Let's go back to my other story. It's too late. It's already moved. <laughs> no. What was your no, let's other go story? Back. My fig story. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. What was up? Who your did fig you offend? So, yeah. so uh, Chuck Reeves tweeted out and overheard because I said it in Slack. Overheard. If we are going the way of PSR compliance, then I will just state that they are wrong and do it their way anyway. So there was a in this client's project, we we're trying to go more PSR compliant, and one of my. St- personal sticking points is with the exclamation point uh in an if block right if not this i hate i in general hate spaces in parameter lists or anywhere else but when it comes to that stupid little exclamation point i like to have a space on either side of it so if parentheses space exclamation point space there's there's been you There's realize countless times where I've missed that stupid exclamation point as I'm reading the code. You realize the visual debt you create by doing that. Yes. <laughs> Those two extra and, spaces. And to me, it just makes it blatantly obvious that you meant not this, right? Because if I'm reading it quick and I miss that, then I'm not understanding what the code's doing. And I was overruled because PSR says no spaces. I think I think you 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 hit on on the core of the problem right there, John. You're bad at your job. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I try so to avoid exclamations the... in my conditionals, generally speaking. Anyways, try to, but 
Yeah, you still have to. Uh, you still have to. I use them more than I use the else statement. I think you should. Uh, you should. So what happened, John? What What happened though? So so somebody uh, replied to you or? No, I said it in Slack, and then uh, the new guy in the team said, "I'm gonna I'm gonna tweet that out to the Fig group." I'm like, "So go for it." So he did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling. Uh, I'm gonna tell on you. It's always nice when you can tell on your boss. Definitely not a boss. So I've I've had this in my bookmark list for a couple weeks, and I haven't had the I haven't had the chance to take a shot at it. But get katas, you know you know code katas, right? John's Mm -hmm. a big code kata guy. I'm not. I don't care for code katas so much. Well, this this is the same thing. It's an exercise program for your your intellectual interests and this one is based on git and it has a list of git tasks that are good to know and lessons on how to execute them and test them and play with them uh for example a three-way merge a uh, bad commit oh, rewind man. uh committing on the wrong branch uh git investigations resetting squashing submodules, which is one i really need to look into I've got to get my head around rebasing and squashing commits. I I, I am horrible. I, I'm that guy who will commit every hour just to you know save point, commit save point. Yeah. I I've we- got to get my head. And I know J Mac from uh, Laravel Shift uh, mentioned that he he has a free video out there uh, specifically on on rebase and squashing commits it's it's I mean, so easy i thought we've talked about it a hundred times we have and i don't remember i, yes, I, I always have. forget it i i i can't it, it, i can't it, retain that knowledge well we'll do it again next time we're together it's easy i know i've and got some modules some modules is easy well, too and and what else i've got to get out of the habit of is when i'm doing all these commits and PHP Storm just makes this too easy. Although honestly, I did it when I used uh, Fugitive Vim as well. Is you know I, I'm constantly doing these commits, but then I push it, which I think screws up the whole squashing uh, practice. Yes, right? yes, so? yes, yes, and yes, and no. It depends on if you are sure of what's happening on the other end. So if you're pushing up to your to your GitHub repo and you're mm-hmm. sure nobody else is using it. You can I just am? you could you could squash and force push. I, I do that. Oh, okay. It's, all right. All it it becomes an issue. That. It becomes an issue if somebody upstream is using your branch for something. See, and and I've and then always then it gets crazy. I've always worked on branches where no one is using the branch I'm using. I don't have to worry about it. But now that I'm taking over the Iron Q project, rebasing and squashing is a much bigger deal for what I want to do. So I have to be much more careful, which is why I've started looking into these things. Yes, yeah, John, you, it super missed, easy. you missed it. John, you missed the, the last show. Uh, uh, Thomas is an official member of the Laravel Collective now. I have and heard. he has open source projects he's responsible for. So all that hell did. is going to be breaking loose. Have you gotten any death threats yet? Not yet. Um, then you're not a true open source maintainer. I, I have you're not, you're not, get off my airwaves. There was somebody when the when the project got abandoned. There was somebody who took over the project, 
and on their own fork. And I sent them an email saying, hey, the project's alive again. Do you want to merge your stuff back in? And his response was, well, I would, but then aren't we maintaining two different code branches with identical code? <laughs> and I, I thought to myself, how do, a, I re- point. how do I reply to this without sounding like an asshole? It's, uh, well, well, yes, but you're still a fork of the original branch, not the original branch, even if you say I took it over. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm. I, right, we're at an, the fight's at an there. Hour. Come on, we got. You you want to try to blow through? I, yes. I enjoy the, the the development talk. Eric, so if we want to skip over, absolutely not. Over. Eric, how do you quit Vim? <laughs> One million people want to know. Computer, you shut down your computer. Duh. I don't understand why this is so difficult for people to get. Because the, I mean, <laughs> if you. Because it's what? not a programming why? thing. It's a Linux thing. It's oh man. Stack Overflow celebrated helping one million developers exit Vim. So their their post about it's got how to quit Vim. It's got I don't know how to exit Emacs. It's got a button that says How can people not have that problem? If the few times I've gotten into Emacs, I don't know how to get out of it. Yeah, the few times, that's how it's very simple. What about Pico? I get into Pico and I get so lost. Q. The problem is that Vim, Vim I mean, is the, been the default for Linux for a long, long, long time. And it's not hard to exit Vim. What but it's, is, it, if, it, I mean, it was hard, hard to find out how to exit Vim. No, it, it wasn't. If you, go back to, if you go back to when you first started, it, it was. I have to agree. This actually got I, brought up at Tech, too. Somebody, somebody posted the same slide and was talking about how it was just... Uh, a milestone. It I, is. I, I, yeah. It's the year of the maybe, Linux maybe desktop. You're right, John. Maybe you're right. I don't remember. It's, You've it's just been, been doing so Vim long. too long. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I I don't remember it ever being a problem. To be fair, Eric Eric has a custom configuration where he has to do a rain dance to close Vim, so it's it's not even the I same do. thing. This is true. You know, I'm gonna have my daughter open up a Vim terminal and see how she closes it. It's been so long for me. I can't get in the mindset to me, but it's easy. She closes the terminal. Better. I'm gonna see. But but you don't see. tell her. See what ha- what happens is you run a command on on Linux, and all of a sudden it drops you into a, a Vim uh, document or it opens Vim to do mm-hmm. something. Kind of yeah. doing a git commit. All of a sudden Vim's open. And you're like, I don't know what to do. So that's what you gotta do is start it up and then ask her. Yeah. How do you quit? Why does it output Shakespeare when yeah. I press the she down won't... arrow? She she won't be able to to do it. I'm, I might do that just just to just to experience that again because it's just it's hard for me to get my head around. So, right now the the FCC is in the process of gutting and murdering net neutrality, and all the GOP lawmakers are taking their stance on why net neutrality is bad, but. It turns out that the talking points they're using were actually sent to them by the cable companies as suggested talking points, and they're just using them verbatim. Why does this surprise anybody? Yeah, I, that's, there's nothing to say about that other than, yeah, of course. Of course they're not yeah. a personally opinionated on something they don't understand. Um, Our government is continuing to fail us. Yeah. Well, at the same time, though, you remember there were a bunch of fake entries fake negative entries about net neutrality on the fcc open uh 
communication dialogue thing they set up. Well, somebody found out that uh, that Comcast is behind this campaign, and they're using names and email addresses of people that they find on the internet. So you can go Com- to Comcast, the cable provider. Yes. Hold up! Hold up! Hold up! This is a pretty serious accusation you're making here. I'm not making you're it. You're saying Comcast. I'm repeating it for... from a very no, Thomas, unreputable it's, it's source. You. You're you're on the what probably the biggest podcast in the PHP community. We're huge. We're the biggest. Huge. We're massive. Sad. And you're making. <laughs> Wait. You're, we're you're very, personally very, very attacking. You're you're personally attacking Comcast, which is probably one of the biggest internet providers. In, in this great country of ours, it's great again, I've been told. So that's that's why so Comcast ahead. is being used as, as the namesake for this project, is because Comcast is the biggest in America. They're the ones with the most vested interest in removing net neutrality rules. Um, so somebody set up a website that actually searches the, uh, the faked comments, and you can enter in your full name and see if a fake comment has been entered in your name. And if it has, then you can submit a an opinion change to the FCC. But that's all you can do at this point is just say, that wasn't my opinion, this is my real opinion. So, I'm sorry, I did cut you off on your story a little bit. The original story is Comcast had some sort of bot or something running? Somebody. Submitting... Somebody had a bot that was submitting anti-net neutrality comments on the open comment page, and they were using stolen names to submit them to seem legitimate how, how did this become a comcast thing because comcast is the big bad guy just because uh, hmm. lots of eric johnson's this is why i go by eric van johnson just so you guys know eric johnson just so comcast knows name. i have good i have uh, good news this is horrible this is great news oh I don't know how to handle that statement, Thomas. <laughs> Printer companies are notorious for their attempts to use DMCA to prevent users from buying cheaper cartridge refills. And mm-hmm. Lexmark had lost enough cases that they were able to take their case all the way to the Supreme Court. Now, this is refills for toner cartridges. So more on the the corporate scale than the user scale. However, the Supreme Court explained in its closing statement that when a patent owner chooses to sell an item, that product is no longer within the limits of the monopoly and instead becomes the private individual property of the purchaser with the rights and benefits that come along with ownership. Oh, that's a dangerous statement. I mean, it's a good statement for us consumers, right? But that goes against everything people like Apple have, have been saying, and car manufacturers well, are it now goes, to say. It goes one further than that, even. So, I'm going to quote here. I'm quoting the EFF.org. The court also rejected the argument raised perennially by rights holders that they are entitled to profit via the business model of their choosing, even if that business model requires an expansive reading of the patent or copyright monopoly they enjoy. So that means that when the terms of use say that this can be revoked at any time, that also no longer applies. They're not allowed to make 
a business model in a giant document that for, that you're forced to read before buying something. So this whole air quotes of buying that we have lived in for 10 years now with iTunes and it, that type of service is in jeopardy where we actually might own Again, all rights to what we've purchased. I say in jeopardy for the companies is actually a benefit to us consumers. Huge benefit to consumers. And they go so far as Bruce Willis's iTunes library is safe now. They they go do so you far. That I do. Bruce Willis got 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 into a big panty bunch thing because he tried he wanted to will his iTunes library to his children, and Apple was kind of like, eh, no, you can't actually do that. You know, you don't actually own the music; it's ours. And Bruce Willis is like, no, I spent a lot of money. I own the mon- I own the music. And they're like, no, you really don't. You need to read right. your terms and conditions. Well. Uh, this could have implications that digital rights, digital goods rights, are actually far greater extended than we previously expected, including the right to resale things like ebooks Ooh. or music or video games. Interesting. So the, Interesting. the fact that they put a restriction in their terms of service or even enforce it with a service that verifies authenticity might come into question with this Supreme Court ruling. So there are huge implications in this case, uh, the biggest one being that if you are in a lower court of law, you can argue that this is a closed issue with the Supreme Court. So it's not a constitutional right, which means that you don't, you know, you're, you're still on the defending yourself side of things. However... In a lower court, you could point to this decision by the Supreme Court and say, look, this is already a settled case. It fits under this decision by the Supreme Court, and the judge will probably drop the case. Hmm. So there's there's some really big implications from this ruling. Hmm. Now, as with all things all right. as as with all things legal, God knows what the actual end result's gonna be. It it could be Completely the destroyed. Also, going to be the the, the consu- yeah, the consumer is going to lose. We're going to lose that. Yeah, that, that's what the end result is going to be. It's always the end result. Welcome to Eric's doom and gloom corner. Yeah, I, I've I've given up on hope with with this stuff. I I tell you, it's it's been a hard life. We are we are living in a post cyberpunk reality. Yeah. All right. Uh, we got two more stories here, but we're at about uh, our. 12 right now do we want to right. try to push through no these, i'll save or... them we'll save them some doom and gloom for uh for next we'll week well doom and gloom for upcoming episode yeah. <laughs> look forward to <laughs> <laughs> we, you need to get stickers made thomas doom and gloom i don't know how to get i only know one person who knows how to get stickers made yeah he knows how to get pins made <laughs> exactly. I don't know how to do it. I do it wrong. Yeah, apparently, he knows how to get pins made out of stickers. As much money. <laughs> Jeez. All right. I can't. All I right, can't believe we're gonna you're not gaming. Uh, we're not show. calling it yet. Why, why are we calling why it? Why are we not calling it? I thought. What? I thought we were gonna do like the wind down chit chat. The, the 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 third act of the view. Have we ever? Have we ever done a wind down chit chat? We always end up doing I don't it. Remember this? It, it, it usually results with one of us crying in the corner somewhere. Yeah, me, because you're mean. <laughs> oh my God. Is it over? No, it's just the fourth hour of the out. Today Show. I want to go to bed. I want to go to bed.
John, how are you feeling? Feeling all right. Thanks for asking. I appreciate it. What have you been working on? You're welcome. I don't work. I sit here and watch uh, poker videos. Yeah, me too. (laughs) That's why... So our little co-working meetup that we have going on is... Kind of, it's like cramping a my fun, style. Fun day of my week now, <laughs> but John doesn't like it because you know then he then he's on point to actually work. Everybody's watching him. Everybody look. It's funny. John John sits down and everybody huddles around John. They want to see what he's working on. They want to talk to him. You know, it really smells all good like too. Buddy, buddy with John. Uh, that's very debatable. But <laughs> excuse me, we did have a. a new guy joined us today and i got to help him get xdbucks working oh i missed uh, asking if, if he got that working for him so i heard you guys talking what was what was weird about his setup where you were asking him why is he doing it that way uh i, I was just i was just curious he was using mamp and i was wondering if there was a reason he was doing that versus vagrant oh, or docker okay. he was on a windows oh, okay. machine and i wanted to throw my hands up in the air when it came to xdbug and just how to make sure things were were set up correctly, but and it's always hard when you're telling somebody else what to do and what to type. So I'm sitting there trying to walk him through the steps and well, let's look at the the configuration. And I'm so used to doing PHP dash I pipe grep for something, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, mm-hmm. wait, you're on Windows, you can't grep. I don't know, I'm out. But <laughs> luck, but it just it just so happens in the, the past. That was the question you asked too, right? That, yeah, the, the grep question. Yeah. John, it's like it's been John asked, so asked long since I've been like, on Windows. He's like, "How do you grep on Windows?" I looked. I wanted to look at him for a second. I'm like, "What do you mean? You're typing the word grep?" So I'm like, <laughs> "Oh no, I see, I see, I see the problem." Yeah, yeah, you're right. That doesn't work, now, does it? Get this though. I, so, I actually have a three step solution for this. You download the Git for Windows package. You make sure when you install it that you choose the git terminal and you launch the git terminal and do everything as if you were in Linux. All right. So oh, yeah. beyond that, the... it's got everything you need. Go ahead, That's interesting. So it just so happens within the past week or two, I learned about the PHP dash dash RI command. So you can look at the configuration for a specific module. So I was finally able to figure out, I was finally able wait, wait, wait. to look at dash, the dash configuration. RI? Yeah, so if you do PHP space dash dash RI space xdebug, for example, it'll show you just your configuration for xdebug. <gasps> oh, look at that. You've killed him. Yeah. <laughs> I so, never knew of this. So we run that in. It says, cannot load uh, PHP xdebug.dll. I'm like, fuck, we're in DLL world. <laughs> <laughs> so so i start asking him more questions and he he ends up in the the modules directory and i'm like wait why is there a php xdebug dll and php xdebug underscore old dot dll well i was talking to somebody and this and that that's how it starts got rid of the the got rid of the new one renamed the old one back to what it was supposed to be and everything started working <laughs> Did you know there's a dash dash i and i as well? Well, yeah. that's the same thing as dash. That's the same thing as dash i, right? PHP dash i gives you the full. Well, no, dash, the full I, deal. dash i dumps what the i and i file is, right? Dash. What is dash? Dash dash i and i tells you 
what INI files you're using. But oh. there's also, there, there are others, though. Dude, there are others. There's dash dash R F R C R E. <gasps> what? I never knew of all these little commands. I just use uh, Blackfire. Oh, now you know. Yeah. How's Blackfire? That would have been another option. It's easier to install. It's just saying instead of Xdebug. It's got an installer. Oh, is it? Yeah. On Windows? Yeah. It, it works with Storm? Does it work, does it work in Vim? Is he Hello? Is not, this is he my, he, he's not talking my, to you. My, my mic went out. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, um, 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 I don't know. This so, is awesome. Yeah. So yeah, the uh, the co-working Thursdays has been fun. Yeah. And we may have got a new client out of today. That was nice. We may have gotten a new client. Yeah, that, that's always a benefit. I'll be there in uh, September. So you, get, you got uh, you got XD budget. You'll be here in September? Why are you going to be here in September? I don't know. John, we, we have to find a conference to go to in September. Oh, jeez. We're already going to one. In September? Yeah. I don't think there is a conference. What are we going to in September? Oh my gosh. Just roll with it. <laughs> Damn it. You don't have to actually be at a conference to tell me you're at a conference and sorry you're out of town. Jeez. <laughs> oh, I, I just got to make sure I'm not missing stuff. So we did have, and, and this, this happened before, but my wife and I did have our wedding anniversary while I was in Atlanta. So she she celebrated it when she went out with some guy. They had a good time. Um, nice. Yeah. No. Another wedding anniversary, and we spent apart. So that was nice. John had his family there. It was it was it was an emotional moment for him. Me, I was by myself. I even went down once. I like knocked on his door. I'm like, hey, kind of hungry. You want to go grab some dinner? He's like, nah. Really, it's family time, and you're not family. You should leave. Was he like alone in the hotel room when he said that too? The yeah. rest of the family was out at a ball game. Wife, they were they were downtown. My kid absolutely loves Eric. We, he was at the uh, the community. His brain's night not fully developed. Just, <laughs> I, it was like I wasn't there. It was I could have like just left, and Grayson would have been super happy. I'll kidnap that kid from you. I saw him. You know, you learned. You I saw him learn to juggle a couple balls, and kids yeah. are just fascinated by you. You're like a god. I've done that in front of him a thousand times, and yet you do it, and he's like, "Uncle Eric, <laughs> I saw him get really excited about throwing a uh, frisbee into a fence today, so I, I would say he might be easily amused. Frisbee into a into fence. A fence. <laughs> that was awesome. Your, your I'm Facebook sorry. video. I actually I'm sorry, logged into Facebook, and, and that's the thing I saw. It was a disc into a goal. <laughs> a, <disc. laughs> a chain link goal. I'm using all the wrong I terminology. Can't so, so, so usually he stands literally against the the thing and throws it up into the the goal. And a couple days ago, I tried convincing him to stand up on his little train track thing there and throw it towards it. And he he refused, so um, I, not last night, but the night before. I ha- after work, I go out, and my wife is sitting on the ground near the slider, and she goes, "You're gonna love Weeping. this." And I kind of peek around the corner out, out outside, and he's standing up there, just getting ready to throw. And uh, 
almost fell and busted his head. But I was gonna say in the video that a, you shared, he did almost fall down, which would have made the video a hundred times funnier. It may have, <laughs> might might have gone viral that yeah. at that point. So before before that video, that train track that he was standing on was on cement, and that's where he did it first. And he fell, but he didn't fall all the way to the ground. So we we're like, maybe we should move that over to the grass. And then he was started oh, yeah. draining shots left and right. I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> made me so happy. Draining shots. Uh, like, Go downtown. <laughs> I love that you're grooming your son to be the lowest paid professional athlete ever. <laughs> uh, no, there's lower. <laughs> It may take off at some point. You don't know. But that's true. It's getting more popular in Colorado here. For unknown reasons. That that doesn't... doesn't Hey, my my dad got his pot card last week. How's that working out? I told you about that, right? Well, now we have have to start the process of my sister getting her caregiver card. So dad doesn't... I mean, he can't leave the house. I mean, he can... But it's this big production to get him to leave the house. And so my sister has to apply to be his caregiver so that she can go to a dispensary and get him some uh, samples and stuff. So it, it's not anything yet, but it's we're, we're, we're one step closer. Yeah, we're, we're turning your sister into the heathen she doesn't want to be. No, she wants to yep. be. No, no, it's it, they, they, they're having they're having all sorts of internal struggles with this but i'm hoping they get over it that's what family's for hey sis i got dad a pot Mm. card can you go get him some weed (laughs) (laughs) i would but i'm just in california oh geez all right that's it i'm done i've been talking to you guys you guys are, are not productive on any level so so after the opening the show got great. Then we got into the news. It kind of dipped. And then the, this last part I thought was great. Sound bits. Here we go. Drum roll. There we go. That's for that. We're, we're going to play a little dramatic piano on the outro. This has been episode 63 of PHP Ugly. That's awesome. I need to actually get the, uh, get the real outro music going so I can kind of put it in here because Thomas never does it. Yeah, I'm I'm bad at it. Did I say that out loud? You say that every single week, and you still won't tell me how to do it correctly. Because you never do it. You won't tell me how. All you have to do, all you have to do is listen to one of the shows that's done correctly. No, all you got to do is climb the mountain. This weekend, this weekend, this weekend, you let me know when you're editing, and I'll tell you how I want the. You stop hitting the desk. Stop hitting the desk. Why you're not editing this thing? Holy. Wow, you Stop. shook your whole oh, desk. Please. Man doesn't know his own strength. That was one. That was no. That he was sh- like two I knuckles. felt that here. He shook two all of San Diego. Imagine what a whole fist would do. God, you'd ruin her. <laughs> oh my God! Can we finish this episode now? <laughs> all right, that's it. I'm done. This has been episode 63 of PHP Ugly. I'm Eric Fearn John. I'm Tom Rideout. And I'm John Congdon. Keep it ugly. Keep it ugly. Thanks for listening to this episode of PHP Ugly and thanks to our sponsor, the Diego Dev Group. 
If you're looking for developers who care about the code they create, the communities they build, and the solutions they implement, then reach out to the Diego Dev Group at www.diegodev.com. Show notes can be found at www.phpugly.com. Follow PHP Ugly on Twitter at PHP Ugly. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or directly off the PHP Ugly RSS feed. A rating of five stars on iTunes is appreciated. Submit articles to phpugly at reddit.com slash r slash phpugly. Until next week, keep it ugly.